0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the States that is celebrating Thanksgiving today. I am in Barcelona, Spain. Where they're not celebrating Thanksgiving. So there will not be any turkey, mac and cheese, dressing, sweet potato pie, cheesecake. None of that for me. Actually, I don't even know what I'm going to eat. Um, Me and my wife will will figure something out today. But this will be her fourth day here. So since she's not working today, I will get out and do a little bit of sightseeing. Sorry for the noise you hear in the background. I'm in a hotel and for whatever reasons, they are, I don't know, sounds like they're moving furniture or moving beds around. So if you hear that squeaking sound, that—that that is what it is. But before I get started, I wanted to thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And I really appreciate you listening on Thanksgiving. Even if you're not listening on Thanksgiving Day, you wait to listen on Friday. I appreciate you spending time on your Black Friday and your holiday weekend to listen to my NBA draft takes. Alright, so I'm recording this on Thursday and the big, big matchup that everyone has been talking about, and I know for me, since I saw the game on the schedule, it has been marked on my calendar as I mean in my opinion, the biggest matchup between freshman prospects since Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker in 2013 that particular season both players were ranked one and two coming into the year as far as like the the best prospects in high school and they're projected to be the two best players in the NBA draft little did we know that there was a guy named Joel Embiid who was also a freshman in that game I think he only played four minutes in that game if I'm not mistaken. But we didn't know about this freshman named Joel Embiid, who was going to turn out to be the best of the three by a long shot. So maybe in this Gonzaga Duke game, there's someone that comes out of nowhere that ends up being the next Joel Embiid. I don't know if it's if it's possible or not. But this is a game that I'm looking forward to. Been looking forward to it for man, like I said, ever since the schedule has uh, has been released. I mean, Gonzaga has been dominant, and I don't even know if dominant is the correct word to describe what they've been doing so far through six games this season. Let me just read off some of the numbers of what this Gonzaga team that is loaded with NBA prospects has been doing. They're, they're 6-0, and like I said. They have won by an average of 30 points won by an average of 30 points their closest game was the 86 to 74 win over texas and honestly that game was nowhere near as close as the final score gonzaga was up 47 to 27 at halftime and then they had a game a couple days ago highly anticipated matchup number one versus number two versus ucla and they smacked them 83 to 63, they were also up by 20 at halftime, so it's early in the season, very early, but Gonzaga looks like they are, I mean, it's just, I mean, it looks like they're they're poised for uh, another Final Four run, but they have a huge matchup coming up on Friday against Duke, Duke is also 6-0, and this is, uh, I mean, it's Duke, it, it's 2 of the the top programs, the two of the I mean, I guess you could consider Gonzaga a blue blood. I mean, I, I I do at this point. But not only is it a matchup between two of the best coaches and two of the best programs in college basketball, but it is Chet Holmgren versus Paolo Bancaro, or Paolo Bancaro versus Chet Holmgren. However, you decide to spin it, I know most people are divided between who is the best NBA prospect between the two. But Neither one of those guys, in my opinion, is the best player in college basketball. I know that probably doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that belongs to Drew Timmy, who is off to a good start, and like I said, I think he's going to win Player of the Year in college basketball. He was great last year, and I mean, he's kind of a divisive prospect because some only see him as a college star, and a lot of people don't think that he has a role in the NBA, which I, I do, and Timmy's in a weird situation in a sense because he's so good on the college level, but there's things that NBA scouts want to see from him. But does it really make sense for him to showcase it in games? So, for example, the big knock on Timmy is um, he gets a lot of his work in the post and he doesn't really space the floor And, um, you know, there's concerns about him being able to defend on the NBA levels. Now, showing that he can defend, yes, that's something that he can control. But does it really make sense for him to start shooting a lot of threes? So far this season, he's only attempted seven, and he's one for seven. So he hasn't answered those questions. But he's looking like the Drew Timmy from last year. He's averaging 18.7 points per game, six rebounds, shooting 64% from the floor. If you saw the Texas game... Then you saw how dominant of a college player Timmy is. I had mentioned it on the podcast about two weeks ago. Scored 37 points on 15 of 19 shooting. And despite having such a big game, he may not have really changed the minds of NBA scouts. Like I mentioned, he's shooting 1 for 7 from 3 and 69% from the foul line. So there may be some concerns there about his overall touch. As far as being able to space the floor Which is kind of weird Because he has amazing touch around the basket But as far as extending his range That's one of the concerns But if you just focus on what he does well You can't help but be impressed I mean, listen to these numbers He's shooting 82% around the rim And that is on 39 attempts So it's not like it's, you know He's 8 of 10 or something like that He is 82% from the floor on 39 percent on thirty-nine attempts He's also shooting a respectable 47.6% on mid-range jumpers this season. So again, he's showing that he can score outside of the paint, but I don't think that he's really changed the mind of scouts at this point. I think for him, it's probably best to wait until the summer. So when he has like NBA workouts, if he can knock down open shots in those workouts, I think that will go a long way. I mean, I guess you can say Gonzaga's schedule gets a little bit softer going going forward. And, and maybe he can get up two to three, three-point attempts per game. And if he can knock those down, that would help him out. But he's so dominant on the block that, like I said, I just think that he needs to continue playing how he's playing and doing what he does best. And then just kind of worry about showing that he can knock down shots when he gets individual workouts. All right. When we return, I'll talk about... The two guys that everybody wants to hear about, but I'll break down some scouting reports and just give some details on a few of the NBA prospects that will be playing in this game because it's not all about Chet Holmgren and Bancaro. There are multiple guys that I think will be able to make a living in the NBA that will be playing in this game, but I want to talk to you about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It is a business scam to get you, and I have been got. Do not let the greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about on the average. People save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link all your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is where you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. So don't be like me and fall for the subscription scams. And start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA, and it could save you thousands of dollars a year. I'll repeat it one more time truebill.com slash locked on NBA. So I know it's Thanksgiving, and I know, depending on when you listen, it may be early in the morning, your food may not be ready, but I want to talk to you about grabbing a built bar. You can get a built bar while you're waiting on the food, or you can get a built bar just to. a little bit healthier because one slice of pie has upwards to 300 calories and that's on the low end while most built bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein so if you want to eat a little healthier you can replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar or you can go for a raspberry built bar instead of the raspberry pie now i know it's tough but Bilt Bar has a lot of good flavors that can replace any pie. They're low calories, low carbs, low fat, high protein, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Bilt Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. And like I said, if the Thanksgiving meal isn't coming soon enough, go grab a Bilt Bar or two. Since I'm in Spain, I won't be having turkey or mac and cheese or pie or anything like that. I'll just eat Bilt Bar And that will, uh, I I guess that can make up for what I'm missing at home. So, Built Bar will be having new surprises all month. There's limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So, please check the site often. And tomorrow, which is Black Friday, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So, mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So, go to Built.com. Use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off at Built.com. All right, you're listening to Locked on NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Thanks again for making Locked on NBA Draft your first listen of the day, and in some cases, your first listen of the week. All right, let's talk about Chet Holmgren And if Drew Timmy is arguably the best player in college basketball, many believe that Chet Holmgren is the best NBA prospect in the nation. Now, if you don't believe Chet Holmgren is the best NBA prospect in the nation, then you probably think it's Paolo Bencaro. But Holmgren has been labeled this unicorn and um, so far he's lived up to the name. I mean, the reason why he's been labeled a unicorn is because he's this rare, unique seven-footer that can shoot, pass. He can put the ball on the floor, and he can anchor a defense. And the numbers really don't tell the story. Even though the numbers are pretty good, they don't really tell his impact through six games. He's averaging 13 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, three assists, and four blocks. He's also shooting 71% from the floor, 38% from three, While having a major, major impact on Gonzaga's defense. And just watching the games, you can see that guys are literally trying to avoid going to the rim against him. There are, I mean, like, for example, in the UCLA game, it just seemed like UCLA's offense ended up being a bunch of contested mid-range shots. Because they didn't want to challenge Chet at the rim. And as far as, like, on offense, if you thought Timmy's numbers were impressive around the rim, check these numbers out. This is pretty crazy so so far he is 13 for 13 on dunks which is you know I mean not too many guys are missing dunks but he is 24 from 24 when it comes to making shots around the rim I had to kind of pause a little bit make sure you heard that correctly he is 24 for 24 around the rim and I'm just looking forward to seeing him match up against Duke and their front line of Mark Williams and Carroll. those guys are a little bit more physical And, I mean, when you look at home green, you see this, like I said, this 7-footer. But he's only listed at 195 pounds. I mean, he is skinny. I mean, he looks like he can hula hoop to a cheerio. But despite being that slim, I mean, he has been more than effective at finishing around the rim. So, going up against Duke's front line is something that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. Another prospect for Gonzaga that has been pretty good this year is Andrew Nimhart. He is a senior, man. It just seems like time has gone by so fast. But he's always been a good passer and decision maker. And so far this year, he's he looks like he's improved on what has been the biggest weakness in this game, which was his outside shooting. And his numbers this year are pretty much the same <laughs> as his numbers the previous three years. You can pretty much Literally, I would say pencil him in, but you can write it in a Sharpie that he is going to give you nine points, five assists, two to three rebounds every night. It's almost a guarantee because those have been his stats for nearly the last 100 games. And so far this season, he's putting up around the same stats nine, five, and two. But he's up to 39% from three on a little under four attempts per game. Now, it'll be tough for him to maintain what he's doing this year because right now he's at 52 39 100 shooting splits but in my opinion I think he's done enough to be a late first round or early second round pick I think he is someone that with his speed and his ability to get in the paint and just create for others I think that he has a, a role in the NBA I mean I think he could be a seven eight year guy may not be a starter but I definitely think that he is an NBA player now, another player that his uh, I think has a, a potential to play in the NBA is Julian Strawler. Now, not many people were talking about him as an NBA prospect coming into the year because he only averaged about four points per game last year. But he's been quietly, quietly putting up great numbers so far in the sophomore season. Like I said, he went from four points per game to now he's averaging 14 a game. But it's the efficiency and how he's scoring that has caught my attention so far. Again, I mean, it's only been six games. It's been a combination of cupcake games, but they've played two tough teams in Texas. Well, they were supposed to be tough teams, but they played two ranked teams in Texas and UCLA. And Strother is shooting 54.7% from the floor. And he's knocking down 48% of his threes while also contributing a little under six rebounds per game. So, as far as the threes, that is like, you know, obviously a big selling point. He's shooting 48%, and it's on 14 of 29. So, he is doing more than what a lot of people expected as Corey Kispert's replacement. So, Strother has caught my attention, and I think that he's going to get some NBA draft buzz as the season goes on. Now, I want to talk about Gonzaga's hyped freshman Hunter Silas and Nolan Hickman. Um, I'm a little biased towards Silas. I've known him since he's a kid. His mom is a friend of mine, and Nolan Hickman. This is something that I think is important. Now, these two guys were On draft boards coming into the season, very highly touted. Some thought they were one and done guys. And they chose to go to Gonzaga, knowing how deep Gonzaga was, knowing that they were not going to be featured. And so far, they're coming off the bench and they've been solid in their roles. We live in this era now where everybody, not everybody, I don't want to say everybody, um, but a lot of freshmen are transferring if things don't go their way. You know, maybe they're being promised, oh, you're going to be a one-and-done or being promised 30 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game and a major role in the offense. And when it doesn't happen, they leave. It's like they kind of run from the competition. So far with these guys, I, I take my hat off to them. They not only embrace the competition, they seem to have accepted their roles coming off the bench. I mean, they've shown some flashes of their potential in some of Gonzaga's blowout wins. But like I said, they have accepted their roles. And the reason, at least as an outsider, I don't have, well, I haven't tried to get any inside information. I'll put it like that. But one of the Mm -hmm. things that I look at is how highly regarded freshmen react when things aren't going their way. And sometimes you can see like their body language when the coach pulls them out the game, they're not engaged. When they're on the bench and so far from what I've seen their body language has been great and they have been nothing but professional which is weird to say because they're only 18 years old but they have been nothing but professional and how they've handled their role and I think it also helps that they understand how deep Gonzaga is so shout out to Hunter Silas and Nolan Hickman I don't know if they're gonna test the waters this year or not but I think that if they did decide to come back next year then it will be their team. But again, shout out to Hunter Silas and Nolan Hickman for being guys that were considered first-round prospects on some mock drafts and, you know, they're not playing a whole lot, but they have accepted their roles. They understand that they'll probably get some minutes and garbage time here and there, but again, shout out to those guys. Before I get into the last segment, I want to talk to you about bet online. It is Thanksgiving, and we know what that means football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting and BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for those of you that don't know how to spell Locked On. And you can receive your bonus. And it's not just football. Line has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. So do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season or what's left of it. I mean, can you believe that we are almost done with 2021? I mean, 2021 was good for me. So if it ex- decides to extend, I am totally fine with that. But bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, now it is time to talk about the Duke Blue Devils. Now, if you don't have Chet as your number one prospect, then I am almost certain that Paolo Banquero is your guy. Although it may not matter, it seems as if Carroll is the social media favorite. To hear his name called first by Adam Silver next June, I thought it started off as Chet being the guy, but now it seems like after the Kentucky game, Carroll has been the favorite on social media. It didn't help that Chet had like a two-point game against Texas. So if social media was involved, I'd say Paolo would be the number one guy, but that could all change tomorrow through six games he has not disappointed he's averaging 17.8 points per game eight rebounds two assists 1.5 steals on 54.9 shooting and in my opinion he's been a better athlete from an explosiveness standpoint than I thought I thought that he was a good athlete I didn't think that he had like you know, like great vertical pop, but he's had a few plays where he's shown me that he's a better athlete than I thought. There's even some plays where I can say like when I watched him play in high school, and I'm not saying that he was lazy or took a lot of plays off, but it seemed like there you can say that he was so good and so dominant on the high school level that he didn't really show everything that he had in his game consistently, which he's been able to do. So far this season, his combination of power and finesse on top of his great passing skills and his ability to score and his feel for the game pretty much guarantees him as a top three pick. And I don't think he goes to number three. There's been some talk about Jabari Smith from Auburn being able to bypass one of them. You know, I. It, I mean, it's really early, so I don't want to say it's not impossible, but I, I don't see a situation where Ben Carroll and Holmgren aren't the the first two picks. I think this is going to end up being a rivalry from years to come. I think they're always going to be compared to each other. Now, one of the things that I like most about Ben Carroll's game, and I'm a big fan of post play. I've mentioned it before. I've just wish post play would come back. I enjoy. Seeing guys operating the post, and one of the things I've enjoyed most about Ben Carroll's game is seeing him play in the post. And I cannot wait. Now I know it's it's Ben Carroll versus Holmgren. I keep saying that, but Ben Carroll versus Timmy on the block is something I I I'm, I'm just like I don't know. I just can't wait to see. I think the game is gonna start at like four o'clock in the morning here in Spain, maybe five, but I want to say like four. And I will be up. I'm gonna make sure I go to bed early on Friday so I can get up and have plenty of time to make sure I'm wide awake, which is kind of hurting my adjustment because last week I stayed up to watch the Bud Crawford Sean Porter fight. I'm from Omaha, so I'm, you know, Crawford's from Omaha, so I had to watch that. My dad was actually at the fight, so that was a big deal. Then I messed up my sleeping pattern for the week. Then right when I felt like, oh, okay, I'm kind of getting it going a little bit, then I got up early to watch the UCLA and Gonzaga game, which was not really a game at all. But I still <laughs> stayed up to watch it, even though Gonzaga was up by 20 because I did not want to miss any of the highlight plays. Nothing is worse than waking up in the morning and you check Twitter and you see all the highlights that you that you missed so I've already missed a lot of them from the NBA but anyway I I digress so I'm looking forward to Bancaro and Timmy battling on the block if there was a concern about Bancaro's game I'd say his three-point shooting it hasn't been very good the numbers are okay like 31 percent or something like that but he's had some bad misses I've seen an air ball. From the top of the key, I saw a banger from the slot. I mean, when I say a banger, it hit nothing but backboard. And it, I mean, if it was like a 21-foot shot, he shot the ball 22 feet. So, um, his touch seems a little bit inconsistent from, from deep. But you know what? I don't think that it's a big deal simply because he's too good of a player that everything that he does well can make up for the lack of three-point shooting. If he can just eventually develop into an average NBA three-point shooter, then I think he'll be fine and he'll, he'll be really good. Because um, he, he does seem to lack the touch from deep, but everywhere else um, he's been impressive. And what's interesting is it does seem like he just lacks natural touch from deep, but he's shown that he is a very, very good pull-up shooter off the dribble. And you don't really see guys as strong and as physically Gifted as he is, with a little bit of wiggle off the off the bounce, and is able to just shoot the, a soft touch pull up jumper off the dribble. So, I think eventually he'll be able to become a better three point shooter. I mean, obviously he's young, so he has plenty of room to grow. But he does have the touch. Now, as far as what he's shooting on the on the mid range jumpers, he's shooting about forty eight percent, which is pretty good. And then I forgot to mention, in the post, he's shooting seventy six point nine percent On the block, so you got Timmy at eighty-two percent, and you got Bancaro at seventy, basically seventy-seven percent at the rim. Those numbers have to break this next game. All right, the next player I want to talk about is Wendell Moore, who is off to a Wendell Moore Junior. Sorry, don't want to leave out the Junior. He's off to a terrific start so far his junior year, and he is filling up the stat sheet: seventeen points per game, six rebounds, five point seven assists He's a guy that was very highly tied out of high school and just seems to have been forgotten because so many guys are one and dones and then the a guy ends up staying two, three or four years, it just seems like it's a knock on them. And more has improved every year. And obviously this year he's taking it to another level, shooting 57% from the floor. And the thing about him is that he's only 20. He just turned 20 in September. So if he comes out for this year's draft, he'll still only be 20 years old. And he's just done an excellent job as a ball mover. Now, the 5.7 assists are good. He's shown that he can create for others, but I think a lot of it has just been moving the ball, feeding the ball to the post. But he does have very good passing instincts and feel, which I think that there is a role for him in the NBA as this athletic slasher ball mover who can be an additional playmaker, provides energy. And as a glue guy, if there was a concern, I'd say it's his, it's his three point shooting, which it seems like Duke just hasn't. I don't know. I remember back in the day, Duke was known for having like knockdown shooters. Like they were a team that always had shooters. And it seems like the past few years, Coach K has gone with athletes as opposed to shooters. Like there's no more JJ Reddicks or Trajan Langdons. You just see a bunch of guys that are athletes that aren't really good shooters. All right, the next player that I want to discuss is Trevor Keels. Now, Keels has definitely, definitely, definitely cooled off since the big-time performance against Kentucky where he had 25 points, and he has really struggled from the field since then. I mean, he's had one game against Garner Webb where he looked good, but other than that, I mean, he's been... He's been struggling for 14 versus Army, two of nine versus Campbell, two for nine versus the Citadel. I mean, these aren't powerhouse schools by any means. And the biggest concern is that he has been struggling at the rim. Now, he does have the ball handling and the, the wiggle and the strength to be able to get to the basket and absorb contact and be an effective finisher. But his lack of vertical pop and explosiveness makes him a below the rim finisher, which is... Causing him to miss a lot of shots. I mean, he is powering through guys. But once he gets there, I mean, he's so far below the rim that it's had a, 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 a negative impact on on his finishing. According to one stat, it says that he is shooting just 54% overall at the rim and then another stat says on like non-post-ups, he is shooting 29% at the rim. And that includes like when he's missing a shot, he tries to tip it in. He's missed a lot of tip dunks. But either way, the struggles at the rim are something that uh, I'm you know, I'm a little bit concerned about. And I'm curious to see how he performs against a, a rim protector. I mean, you arguably have the, arguably have the best rim protector in college basketball on Gonzaga. So we'll see how he performs there. So that wraps up the show. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. But before I go, I want you to check out Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, which is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and it is available on all platforms. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies. I hope everyone has a safe, holiday weekend with family friends enjoy your thanksgiving and i will be back on monday with my reaction to gonzaga first duke